Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. was a shorter one. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. Um, I'm sure you're tired of me talking about how scary the Zoom voice is when I hit record, but um, this time we were braced for it, and then it was like just a really short thing. Um, oh, hey, Bethany's here. Bethany Corey. <laughs> and her baby friend, Francis, is here. Yeah. Say hi, Francis. <laughs> he woke up for it. He was napping, but very busy looking at mommy's face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, Bethany and I are going to... Uh, ostensibly discuss a Janet Lansbury quote, but mostly, as I just said to her off mic, um, I just want to hear stories about her baby. So, <laughs> um, so that's what we're going to do. Let me do this quote first. And I think this comes from elevating childcare, the book that Janet Lansbury wrote. Um, I think that because I just bought it for a friend who's having a baby. And so I probably was looking at it and, and found the quote. So this is what um, Janet says. Playtime for young infants may look pretty boring to the untrained adult eye. We feel compelled to entertain a baby or believe she needs to be kept stimulated by continually moving with us through our daily affairs in a carrier or infant seat. Truthfully, babies don't need us to expend our energy occupying their time. In fact, keeping a baby busy undermines her natural desire to be an initiator on her own activities and absorb the world on her terms. She's so smart. So smart. Janet Lansbury. I love that quote. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the first thing that as I was rereading it now, just the word stimulated, stimulating is such a pet peeve of mine when we're talking about kids, babies, particular, particularly, but kids in general, when you think about how brand new the world is and it's very stimulating, right? I just think it's really, uh, you know, good intentions, of course, probably for most of us who, who have used that word. And I certainly have in my life. Um, but just the audacity of thinking that we could offer anything (laughs) to that baby that's going to be more, um, engaging and absorbing and valuable than just being here with us and in the world with us. Well, and like, they've got so much going on internally that like, I mean, they're already super busy. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. If, if their outside world is insane, then that's just going to be a mess. Yeah. And we talk a lot about, um, oh, what do we talk a lot about? It was there a minute ago. We talk a lot about something. Oh my God. Who knows? The baby smiled. It doesn't matter what we talked it's about. So terrible. This is going to be the worst podcast yeah. with the best video. Yeah. Um, uh, just the, just the idea that, um, 
it's hard to get back into like when we're talking about play, we talk about how hard it is for us to remember being children and playing um, and how hard it is for us to see things through the lens of a child. And I think that's again, especially true with an infant. Um, we, we look at them and we think that kid is just laying there. They, yeah. they, they need me to do something. I'm, I'm in this role now. Babies are boring. I have a responsibility. Yes. And that too, people who say, I don't like to mess with babies because they don't do anything. Well, you just don't, you know, Janet said it, the untrained adult eye, you just don't know. Um, Yeah. And, and, and unless you put some effort into knowing and thinking about it, why would you know that? But. Right. And it does look like nothing. I mean, I was in a, oh God, I'm in the mommy uh, forums. Oh dearie. Days, which is just honestly a terrible idea. But one mom, I'm in a group of other um, moms with babies born in April of 2021, (laughs) which is kind of, I've posted in it. It's kind of an interesting spot sometimes, but it was around um, when our babies were all around two months old and a mom said, what do I do with my baby? She just looks so bored. She's just laying there. (laughs) staring off into space not doing anything and I'm like yeah that's I wonder what she's looking at like yeah right what's in that corner that she sees you know what's that you know is there um you know the the usual suspects is there some dust motes or or a a rainbow in the from the window um and and so you you know once I and I felt that I felt that moment of oh my God, is he bored? He's just been laying there and not moving and he hasn't made a sound and he's not asleep, but you know, maybe, um, but you know, that moment can just come into my brain and leave because, um, babies are so busy. Yeah. And it's sort of the, the ultimate process versus product. Yeah. Right. Because that, that baby laying there looking like maybe he's not doing anything if you think about the sensory input right. that, that could be um, just being processed and experienced and lived through and um, you know, it's registering in their brain when all yeah. that sensory inputs coming through. Um, and so anything we offer there as stimulation or whatever is actually going to be an interruption of those processes um, right. I mean, and probably it- be much more harsh sensory input than what he's just laying there experiencing. Oh, yeah. Um, I startle the crap out of this baby all the time because <laughs> I'm baby. loud. Uh, <laughs> no, the house has been quiet for the past oh. four months uh-huh. and I'll just like be reading something or whatever. And I'll just start laughing or I'll holler out to Brian and, <laughs> and say something to him. And this poor boy, he just like, he's like one of those, you know, the, like the cats that get scared yeah. and, and they're back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they do the jump up in the air. That's what he looks like. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and so like, I've seen it firsthand and, you know, you think we, we talk about, you brought it up with the play, like getting in, you know, children getting into play and what happens when we interrupt like those toddlers and preschoolers um, when they're playing. But I see the same thing happen with Francis, you know, he's been doing, you know, whether he's exploring uh, like the, the fabric on a blanket or mm-hmm. he's, um, got a couple of high contrast books that he's obsessed with. Um, and 
and then if there's, you know, that if it's either me coming up, whether I think you need to diaper change or whatever, or I'm just being myself and loud, um, <laughs> he will glare at me like, how dare you mother ruin <laughs> my concentration? Like I just, I almost had, you know, the blanket in its perfect spot. I had uh-huh. almost got the one tag I wanted and I've ruined it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Liz, um, Liz Nolasco, who's mm-hmm. on the show a lot and also has a pretty new baby, um, uh, a little older than your baby, I think her, yeah, her little guy's a little older, but she sent me uh, just like a video through text one day. And I, if I remember right, he's just like sitting in his car seat and sort of playing with the straps and really engrossed yeah. with the strap and just sort of, you know, manipulating it with his hands. And the, the you know, the text was just, I forgot how fascinating baby play is. <laughs> And, and, and I looked at that moment and I thought there are, there aren't very many people who probably would have that response to watching an infant, just sort of grabbing at the strap of a car seat and staring at it. Um, And, and, but it's so true. Yeah. You might have the people who like stop that, you know, don't mess with that. Or um, I, I was thinking about um, when you brought up Liz, the one where uh, her little baby is playing, like chewing on the bib. Uh Uh-huh. And, and that was right around when Francis was born. And I remember seeing that and I thought, oh, I can't wait for that. I can't wait till he. <laughs> I can't wait to watch my baby chew on a bib. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. going to be so awesome when he can like figure out how to grab it. Yeah. Um, so before we started recording, I'm going to segue to my, yeah. um, my little baby jumper. Cause I was joking that, um, you know, we don't need to enter. Heather said we don't need to entertain babies. And then I turn the camera to, you know, the little Fisher Price jumperoo that you stick the baby in and it's got the 3000 toys attached to it. <laughs> um, and uh, this boy loves jumping. His dad has gotten him started like early. They do their little calisthenics every day. And so I was like, you know, I'll just find one. I found the least busy one that I could find on Facebook marketplace. So I didn't have to spend a whole bunch of money. And, um, so first, um, I'm looking up like the pro the product manual, right? Cause I don't know how old, how much he can weigh all that. So in the questions asked to Fisher price, some parents said, do these toys remove and have replaceable toys because my baby's bored of them. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) what? Like, like this kid was properly like five months old or something like that. And they're like, yeah, he's done with these toys. Yeah. Yeah. He's super bored. And I'm just like, okay. And this is, you know, like, it's not like a big flashing, uh-huh. lots of noise type of thing. It's more like, you know, moving the, the pieces your own self. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, you know, kind of chuckled at that. And yeah. then when you sent the quote, it made me, it reminded me of that. But then, um, he hasn't, he hasn't really explored it, but there's like a little ball that rolls and his hand has, you know, he's figured out how to get his hand to hit that, to, to roll the beads around. Uh And yesterday, um, he was sitting in it for a minute and there's an alligator with big black and white eyes (laughs) and scales that move back and forth. And so sometimes I'll just sort of tap them back and forth while he's watching Uh and he sat there for probably five minutes trying to work 
his left hand to get up <laughs> to the alligator. And I just sat there watching him and it was, I mean, he looked bored. He wasn't moving any part of his body except for his, you know, his left hand and, uh-huh. and, and that. Um, but that's but a, it, that's such a good example of what, what Janet Lansbury said about um, the untrained adult eye, because I'm, there's two things that I want to, that, that come up for me as you're talking about that, that were important enough for me to interrupt you to get to. <laughs> but one is, you know, if we, if we understand how babies develop, it's from the inside out. So what you saw was him really working so hard to have that coordination over the outside edge of yeah. you know, his body. And if you, if you, if you don't know that about babies, then you look at that and you, you know, you may think, oh, he just needs more practice or I need to move it closer or. Yeah. Um, let me, let me move uh, his body. Yeah. 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 Um, but, if, but if you understand it and you can just give him time and re- repeated opportunity and you understand it, so you can sort of celebrate it, right. um, but you don't need to add to it necessarily at that point. He doesn't need more stimulation. Yeah. Um, Cause it was exhausting. I believe he was probably working so hard. I'm just, I can picture the intensity on a baby's face trying that, you know, that new move. Yeah. Um, but, but also so much just from that woman's question about switching out toys because the baby was bored. I think a lot of what we see as babies being bored or wanting something new is actually sensory shutdown. Like they're, they're overloaded. So they shut down and they, they either cry or they look off or they try to look away from the thing that's overstimulating for them. Um, That's why I get, I get physically uncomfortable when I see the babies who are, and I, again, I understand why people use these, but babies who are just laying on the floor with one of those jungle gym things hanging over their face and they can't get away from it. Um, if they wanted to, and especially in a childcare setting when, you know, maybe I, I do that and I'm there with the baby, um, and he's sort of batting at it and things are fine, but then I have to go over here to this other baby who suddenly has a need. And that first baby, you know, looks like I've left him in a very stimulating, um, educational kind of situation, (laughs) but it could be, um, really scary or overwhelming for the baby who can't get out of it. If it becomes to be, if it becomes too much, right. There's no way to turn it off. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got nothing to add. Oh, well then. I was kind of pausing like I was going to say something. Yeah, I know. I waited. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, I also have, it's landscaping day, so I'm sure you're all hearing the power mowers running around outside my house right now. Um, Okay. I want to look at the quote again and see what else I wanted to hit. Well, you know, the other thing. So have you read um, Alison Gopnik's newest book, The The Gardener and the Carpenter? I haven't yet. Yeah. I haven't gotten all the way through it, but I love what I have read. I started it twice. (laughs) And I know, you know, so the idea is, it's, it's for parents, but you don't, you know, parenting is a relationship, not a verb. And I, I think, you know, we can say the same thing, especially about people who are working with infants um, in childcare settings. And maybe, you know, they call themselves teachers or whatever language they use. Um, understanding what's happening with that baby and just focusing on sort of being in tune is yes. so much more important than any kind of stimulation or or activity right. or whatever. Um, and, and her idea, Gopnik's idea is that, you know, we, we do too much. We try too hard because we feel like that's what's expected or what the baby needs. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, putting headphones on tummies 
yeah. when yeah. babies in utero and, yeah. and all that. Um, it, it is um, down to relationship. I mean, Brian and I have been very fortunate that we were both able to take almost four months off yeah. of work. And that has just been amazing um, because not only just for us not being so exhausted, but, um, but we've really gotten to know Francis really deeply. Uh And um, I mean, almost in the first week, you know, we knew his different cries and his different, you know, just all the, just one little noise out of him. We knew, you know, oh, he needs this. Oh, he Uh needs that. Um, and, and, you know, we say, well, he'll just tell us, but, (laughs) (laughs) but we've been really in tune to him, um, because we've been able to be so responsive. Um, so I mentioned he likes those high contrast picture books. Uh So he's got one we keep upstairs and, um, one of the little girls I nannied for, it was her favorite book when she was an infant. And so I got it for Francis and, and I said, well, let's just, you know, I'm just going to put it up and see if he looks at it. Well, at about six weeks old, he would start, he'd read it in bed before he went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so he'd have his passy in his mouth because he's a passy boy. <laughs> and he would look at one page. And then when he was done, he would spit his passy out and cry out. <laughs> and we discovered he's not fussing you know he's not whatever he wanted the page turned it's like and one so of we, those old books on tape yes so <laughs> we a little ding to turn so we'd page. turn the page <laughs> put his passy in and he'd sit there oh my God. for another I don't know five or ten minutes yeah and then when he was done he'd spit the passy out all the way either till when he fell asleep or the book was done yeah but he he knew and sometimes Brian would just open the book and set it on his bed and Francis would get mad because he wanted it at the beginning of the book. And like, it sounds silly. And, you know, obviously like we started kind of that habit, but, um, but it was something that, you know, because we have that relationship and we are, you know, being in tune to his cues, we know it's not, oh, I'm done with this. Yeah. well, I mean, and it's kind of, but regardless yeah. of who started it, it's right. It's such a good example of the kind of serve and return that we know is so important for kids really under five, but, yeah. but babies and toddlers, especially when they give you any kind of sign that they want to communicate something with you yeah. and you respond and you keep trying. And even if the response is not exactly what they wanted, they get that. Um, when I, when I reach out, there's a response and there's someone paying attention and there's someone yeah. trying. And it's, it's those kinds of interactions that are much more quote unquote educational for a baby than, you know, having brightly colored things in, in an infant classroom. Um, I have a, a woman I used to work with whose baby was in childcare um, uh, with one of those apps where they can send pictures throughout the day mm-hmm. of what the kids are doing. And she got a picture of her, um, four, four-ish month old baby laying on the floor and he's holding a board book about colors and shapes. And the caption was, you know, 
the baby's learning about colors and shapes today, mom, or something like that. And it could have just been playful, but I know that there are people I have worked with that that would not be playful. Like that would really, that's what they really would have thought was happening in that moment. Um, And sure he was getting literary literacy experience because he was interacting with a book, you know, he was holding it. He was, he was exploring it. And that's all that's pre, you know, emerging literacy stuff. We know that, but um, let's be, let's, let's really work to be skilled and knowledgeable enough to recognize what really might be happening with a baby that we're looking at and observing and not immediately try to prescribe older behavior or academic um, bits and pieces uh, because it's so much deeper. Like what you described with that book is so much deeper than, um, oh, he's learning to read. <laughs> or, you right. know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, uh, he's learning about it's, it's got a lot of flowers and things like that. So maybe he's, maybe he's learning about uh, the natural worlds. <laughs> at least, Babies. at least, you know, connections are being foundations. Are first being gardening learned. lesson. <laughs> Yeah. Um, hmm, mm-hmm. There was something else. Yeah. Oh, so I wanted to say, cause you just did a really good job of talking about becoming attuned or working towards being attuned with a baby. Um, and so I know there are folks listening who are like, yeah, well, I've got eight babies in the room and there's two of us. So how do we do that? And you know, you do childcare, you've got a family childcare yeah. home. So you've got other kids and you've worked with babies before Francis. Um, so what, what, what do you say to someone who's like, yeah, sure. That works for you, but that won't work. I've got a group. Well, I just said it today on Facebook. Caregiving is the curriculum. Yeah. Um, when I started my in-home program, the children's borough here, uh, six years ago, um, I had four toddlers and we did not get much done during the day (laughs) other than, uh, multiple diaper changes, feeding, and, um, you know, kind of transitioning between those two. And and moving between (laughs) them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and it is hard when you, when you're trying, when you're thinking as a teacher, um, or childcare provider that you need to get teaching in on top of it. Yeah. Um, because there's no way that would happen. Like, you know, I've never done a circle time, but <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like, like we get experience to different, um, academic things, if, you know, if we need to, you know, to put a name on it, uh-huh. like you said. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, just taking those times to slow down. I mean, I say that diaper changes are my favorite. Right. Me too. Yeah. Like you get one-on-one undivided attention with that child. Um, and it doesn't matter how old they are. I mean, sometimes, yes, you have to rush through and I can do a 30 second diaper change. Like (laughs) sometimes it's needed, Yeah. but, um, but I've always liked being able just to slow down because then it doesn't matter what's happening when the child is off playing. Uh Uh-huh you know, they know they've got that moment and we can take some time together. Um, and it is, you know, it's hard to do like when you're a family child care provider and you're making lunch and you're, um, you know, all those other things that you have to do when you're the only adult. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. When I did family child care and I only lasted a year at it, 
but I just had babies and toddlers and I had like five, you know, one, maybe one baby and four, um, one and two year olds. And it, of course it's challenging. Of course it's difficult. Um, but it's not all or nothing. It's, it's not, well, I can't be perfect all the time and be fully present in every interaction with every child. Um, oh yeah, I know. Uh, but, but the, what it comes down to really, and honestly thinking about a diaper change is that was the biggest sort of career change, professional mindset change for me in 30 years of doing this. When I first was faced with the idea that maybe my assembly line diapering style wasn't the thing to be proud of as I was like, maybe it could be more and I would benefit from it being more in addition to the kids benefiting from me being more intentional and, um, trying to, to find that attunement. I'm, that changed everything for me, just that one diaper change switch. Um, and I know people have heard the story a hundred times, but as I was listening to you, I, if I had to say what's one baby step to get more in tune yeah. and the worry less about stimulation and education, it would be to, to, to start with diaper changes. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, so before I knew about, um, about like Rye resources for right. infant educators with Janet right. Lansbury and Magda Gerber. Magda Gerber. Um, I was 22, had made a crazy move across the country and started working in a family childcare. Uh-huh. Um, and to avoid my boss, I would take diaper changes. <laughs> and um, I've definitely done that too, just to get away from the co-teacher Yeah, over here and I'll do, yeah. I'll do all the diapers this afternoon. I know. So, <laughs> so we, we had two houses next door to each other that had family child cares in it. So especially outside, we could have 16 kids between the two yards. And I'd say, I'll just, I'll be at the, at the, um, blanket and I'll just, you know, call kids over that need diaper changes or uh-huh. you can send them over to me for the older ones. Um, and I just, oh, I mean, my boss hated it because I took time to yeah. do a diaper change, but I fell in love with it. And I, I got to know the kids so well, I, more than, you know, when we were doing the four circle time or the crafts uh-huh, or uh-huh. all of those things, you know, because it was just like, I got to know them and they're what they're interested in. Cause they'd come over and tell me, you know, what, what they were busy doing uh-huh. or you know, what they were seeing around us. Um, and so it was interesting when I started and found, um, your self-confident baby by Magda Gerber um, and read that I was like, Oh, wow. Like, uh, this is a thing I'm Uh doing the right. Like, I thought I was just like, for me, it was Janet Gonzalez Mena. I found one of her books and that's how I found Magda, which is how I found Janet Lansbury. But yeah, yeah. it's it's like that moment that changes things. I feel like it's such a simple thing when you can turn your perspective from teaching to caregiving um, Mm -hmm. because it's so simple. Um, It's something you're doing already. Mm -hmm. You don't have to add a new, a new skill or a new um, part to your day. You can just take those, those small moments and, um, and tune in. Yeah. Yeah. 
And if you really needed to have like a written lesson plan in an infant room, um, you can, you can manipulate those moments into something to write on your lesson plan. (laughs) You you can, um, this is a workable, a workable thing. Um, if you just said, yeah, but I have to have a lesson plan every week in your mind as you're listening, as they were listening to us. Um, it's, it's possible to do both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, so I, I also in the same book that we got our starting quote from the elevating child care book by Janet Lansbury, there is also a section that's like how I learned to love a diaper change. Mm. That's also really good. So I'll just throw that in. Um, well, any last Francis stories? There he is. Look at uh, that baby. He's so cute. <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah. He's uh, almost four months old. I got to give the stats for everybody. Yeah, yeah, Francis yeah, give is us. a fan club. Almost four months old and 20 pounds as of this morning when we stepped on the scale he's a hefty boy yeah but so happy yeah good hooray well when he wakes up thank him for his contribution to this episode of the podcast and i guess he can be prepared for the fans he's going to get when this video so many fans (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks bethany um thank you Uh, And thanks everybody for listening. And I hope you'll come back for another episode of that early childhood nerd. Bye. Bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.